Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Stone. Over there is the gloriously bearded and bald John Fairbanks. How are you doing, John? Hello, Tyler. Guys, this week we're going to talk about something that I kind of love slash hate, especially in fitness, but the role of technology and how it's going to move forward and some of the trends that we're seeing uh, in tech, whether it's whether it's wearables on site, whether it's software, whether it's at home coaching, AI, biohacking stuff, all sorts of things kind of fall under this tech umbrella. Um, it's no secret that technology continues to advance. And we just want to make sure that you're prepared to uh, make your own decisions about what you want to run with, what you want to avoid, what you want to wait on. And so that's what we're going to cover a bit today. Before we get started, make sure you get into the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. That link is in our description here in the sh- for the show. Please go out there and leave us a five-star review, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple. John and I kind of forget to ask. This is Technically, like what we did, this is my 504th some episode, or it's over 500 episodes of podcasting. Right. Done. And for some reason, John, I bet we've asked like three times on this show I know to it. go leave us a review. I just haven't. It's the one like straight business to business product that, that that we've done over the years. So it's like, or like entertainment product, whatever, like content product. And right. I always forget. I always forget. This is like you needing to ask your people regularly to get, leave your reviews so it looks like your gym exists. John and I have been dropping the ball. We don't do that within our own business, but we have done it on this podcast. So please make sure whatever you do, right? You can. You don't even need to stop the app. You don't need to stop listening. So just take your phone that you're fucking listening to right now, whatever you're listening to it on, and go in there right now and just hear my voice and just tap into the shit and you're looking at the show, go to view show or go to show and then just leave a review. You can hit just the stars, but it'd be nice if you said some words, ideally keywords, handsomeness, baldness, business, um, assholes, brilliant, uh, <laughs> huge um, flip those last two. All right, we'll see you guys. Uh, no, we're going to get moving here. So, but what we want to cover today is um, the role of tech and, and, Obviously, things keep rolling and unfolding, and they it gradually encroaches upon every industry, right? Um, fitness wearables have been around for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And for most people, if you're like me, coaching, geez, what was it now? Six, seven years ago, coaching, like when I was coaching people first, people have their um, – their Fitbits or the the first Apple watches when they come out. And all it did for me was made me fucking hate everybody that had a Fitbit or an Apple watch on (laughs) when I was trying to coach. Because anytime someone gets tired, they want to check their watch to make sure their heart rate's not too whatever for them. And it was another piece of data that, frankly, I just didn't think that the average person needed to know in real time, especially when they're just trying to exercise. The other thing was they were colossal distractions amongst the class because you get people checking text messages, even worse, taking phone calls and shit and kind of kind of working during the one hour you're with, which for me as a coach, I just would take that personally. I'd be like, fuck you, dude. (laughs) But well, I understand it's probably not the reality of the situation. I was very annoyed by them back then. They haven't gone away, and they're not going away. Um, no. There's a lot more features about them now. Um, that The reason they're not going away, by the way, isn't just because there's money in it for you buying it. Um, biometric data is essentially going to be the next biggest uh, data what's the word data commodity out there. It might be one of the next biggest like commodities in the world, which is insane considering data is not physical but this biometric data when you look at what some of the what industries are going to do say strictly for like marketing like facebook ads and stuff like this websites that now they can rectify via your apple watch 
or whatever wearable you're doing um, and using the camera on your phone, of course, mm -hmm. they can see your facial expression, whether you smiled, whether you were stone faced, whether your pupils dilated just a little bit. Um, they can check all of that stuff in real time with your heart rate and your HRV and then a lot of, a lot of other factors. Are, and I think some of them now are able to do, are they able to do like, anyway, what, we won't get into all the things that they can do, but what I'm saying is then they can sell that and use that to market to you and to when they're crafting this advertising stuff. One of the interesting things about it is they need to connect to you emotionally. Mm -hmm. So if I can like kind of know it makes your heart race, makes your blood boil a little bit via via these massive, massive data sets, I can start to see trends and what pisses people off generally, what pisses what type of people off, cross-reference that with their web history, age regular other demographics that they've already been tracking for a long time, all of a sudden you become a very easy to manipulate human strictly from a buying standpoint, let alone voting or other behavior modifications that may need to be done. So like you can be very easily compelled if all of this data is out there. And so because of that, it's valuable, which means these things are going nowhere because there will be a lot of money spent, a lot of money being willing, willing to be lost in hardware and research and development to simply make sure that these um, these devices are on you, in your home, easy to get, and that you wear them for as long as you possibly can. Well, and the push is getting integrated even further, right? Wearables are going to make us sound like fucking boomers in about 10 more years because it's going to be in your skin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's good. we're going to continue to get more integrated with it to be able to get better, better data, better everything, all yeah. that better feedback. Because now it's like, oh, well, now no, it's your heart rate. You can't, you can get your pulse or whatever, but you can't get your blood pressure right. It's not super accurate yet, but it's like, but if we put it in the skin, then we would be like it. Just it's it is so close of being that fully integrated, and especially with AI, right coming out. It's just there's so much integration. That's yeah. going to be getting pushed from every possible angle. Fitness will only, it'll only allow, it'll start with a fitness guys. But like you said, all that data that we never anticipated would be so important to Google and Facebook and everybody else. Yeah. And I, I want to talk a little bit about how some of this stuff, obviously wearables, we kind of went deep on, but just generally now um, technology and the role that it plays in your gym is it's important. I think in how your gym is perceived publicly from a, what's the word? Not quality. Like, is your facility modern, right? Does your facility feel slick? You know, like you, there's a there's a thing that I noticed, been, been in some gyms where you go into there, they have locker rooms, right? If your gym has locker rooms, that's a perk. But if it has locker rooms and it's not just where you got to bring your own padlock and you got to take it with you, or it's not one where you got to check out a padlock. You ever go to some of the, I've been to a few, you go in and you just, um, punch in the locker that you want. It's open or it gives you ones that are available and it gets spits out a code. And now that's your code. You can, so like just that little feature makes all of a sudden the lockers feel great. It feels slick. There's no, nobody has to manage that. There's no staff that has to be handing out keys or worrying about somebody left their shit on there. And do we got to cut locks off? Somebody left the lock. It's just, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. It's just a system that is slick, makes your business feel very valuable. And mm -hmm. I think is a, is very customer friendly. Right. That, those systems, I think, are great, but there's a wide variety of roles that technology can play within your gym that I think you need to simply be aware of what they are because sure. they're services that your clients might really, really love. And as the industry grows, we started, we talked about John, we were talking about EOS and their like massive growth 
projections that they're having, as well as what Nike's trying to do, getting into these kind of boutique fitness studios, I promise you, they're going to be technologically very slick and real fucking cool. Like, yeah. it's going to be really cool. And I think that, like, you don't have to compete with that to, to all ends of the earth. But, like, at some point, you know, do you want to be issuing key cards or can somebody just use their phone via the touchless thing? Is that, is that a possibility so someone doesn't have to always remember the key cards? They don't have to carry one extra thing so they don't have to dig through their gym bag every time they come in or simply does that just feel more modern and awesome and that's a thing that makes your gym stand out amongst all the others and if you you don't have to win all of those battles but if you combine tech for four or five different little features that are kind of slick all of a sudden your gym is hands down going to be um better more advanced it's going to feel like a more modern and professional business than a lot of the fitness studios in your in your area and I like the idea where you said, like, keep an eye on the technology because just because there's something new technological does not mean it's an advancement. Like, there's going to be lots of shit that's going to come out. That's like I saw the other day uh, airplanes are coming out or already have um, auto dimming windows. So there's yeah. no longer a screen to pull down. You push the button. It slowly darkens it out. Okay, yeah, I've been on it. That's, yeah. that's cool. But if it doesn't work. What happened to the fucking just, I want to be able to pull the screen down. Yeah. Like there's yeah. an element where it's like, yeah, that would be better, but like, does it, does it enhance or does this just, or is this just cool, but then opens this up to more work. And is that little feature worth retrofitting $4 billion worth of aircraft over the course of the next year? Right. But if there's money laundering, <laughs> then you want to do it. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? You, exactly. You're wanting to hide some money or you can get a big old fat contract from the government, then yeah, you want to retrofit everything you've got. But yeah. if you're so like I think, anybody else, don't do that. So keeping an eye on the things, by the way, this is your gym. This is your business. So, you know, when you kind of talk about what you, what you want your gym to be in your communities, it, where does that sit? Do you want your place to be like pretty cool? Like one of the neat features I saw, someone was outfitting a gym. It's a business that kind of does, must be doing, does the interior design and the equipment for, for some, uh, it was a pretty expensive looking gym to be honest with you. But they took like four, one of them was four, like four 75 inch TVs on the wall. So this isn't even like a crazy expensive feature. You get 75 inch TVs for a relatively cheap TV. Four of them together combined, mounted together to make one giant freaking screen. Super TV. Yeah. That's freaking awesome in a gym where you're going to have like pump and iron or you're going to have, say, a sport. Like that kind of, like, that kind of is cool. And that might cost you a, a couple grand tops. Like that's awesome. I'm with that. But those are little things where like the, the DOS gym, uh, intelligent strength in Vienna, um, it wasn't like overly technologically integrated necessarily but like you went in and you had your little key card you know you scanned yourself in like a normal place but the things that they had there was the lighting was just flawless you know what i'm saying like like the the facility was clean and crisp and modern and, and felt like that while still maintaining a hardcore edge they figured out the line right you go to some of those european gyms that are fit, more fitness studios that are very clean very crisp it's like working out in an apple store and everything's sleek and sexy and modern and that's awesome too those were really fun you go to dos gym and it's our intelligent strength and it's like it's like halfway there but maintains an extreme like awesome legitimate real deal strength training vibe to that which means they've figured out the line but they have giant projection screens on every floor 
there is a flat screen TV in front of every urinal and every toilet playing Rambo, fucking Rocky movies, Terminator yeah. movies. Like they're just playing like they're doing action movie stuff to make things that those are those are by the way, that little technological addition, Rambo, while you take a piss in every in every stall by you and the guy next to you each watching Rambo on your own screen so your eyes don't wander, right? Right. And uh by the way, that but that is the feature that I mentioned every single time I tell everybody about that gym. Right. And okay. it's being very self-aware. Yeah. Right. They're so aware. And like you said, it's using technology to then integrate, truly now integrate to like enhance your shit. Yeah. Right. It's like, is this helping you towards your overall mission of being a grungy, badass gym where it doesn't have to be dirty and unkept and old and equipment's breaking? Like it's, it doesn't have to be that. And it also doesn't have to be Globo Gym. Like it doesn't have to be fucking like a total sellout, but you definitely can like toe that line of having things be awesome and technology can help you do that for sure. And you know, little things like a really kick ass sound system is pretty sweet. Unless you're the place where everybody listens to headphones, then it doesn't really matter. You don't have to really over deliver on that stuff. But maybe that's an important thing that we want to talk about here is there's a lot, there's a, the decision you make where you put that line is probably about where you want to over deliver on expectations. And that's where I kind of think the technology sits in right now, at least in the way I prioritize things is uh, where do I want to like kind of wow somebody with like that thing when you are showing somebody an aspect of your business or your service and they go, Oh no shit. Nice. Like, like that's the impression you want. Oh, really? Awesome. Like, like that is, that's the thing. And then they'll love it. Then they'll use it. Maybe they won't, but like that delivering that moment that, that, oh, damn, these guys got their shit together, man. It's real easy to sell after that. And it's real easy to sell when those people are speaking like that about your business away from you and out amongst their own people. And I think a really good way to contrast this, right? So like we'll talk to some gyms that have showers and don't have showers yeah. and they don't have them. Um, it's a pretty not sophisticated technological advancement of having showers inside of a building. Right. But at the same time, if you're known for, if you're very sports specific or your performance type place, the $25,000 is probably going to cost you to install proper showers in a building that doesn't have them. What would be more in line? That would be a badass thing to get. That would be $25,000 that moves the needle more towards the fact that you are a sports performance type place. I'd be willing to gamble or throw out that it's, if you can have things that come and that advance your place more in line with your already existing ethos is, are the showers going to like, do the showers really do that? Like, are they going to make that big of a difference? And maybe they will, maybe they won't. Well, and by, and there's a point where when, if your money's deep enough too, by the way, you can have whatever you want. And I'm okay with that too, right? It doesn't always have to add up financially, but when you are making priority-based decisions, right? And a lot of these gyms that we talk to are just something as simple as like, all right, how do we, what do we do with the showers? Well, there's some places where space and budget dictate we're one shower we're, or we're a, we're a one bathroom place. You know what I mean? That's what we, we're a one stall, one bathroom joint. And by the way, that's fine. You can't change that until you change your location then that's just not, again, that is on the other side of the line. And that's what kind of this conversation is about here. We're keeping this pretty loose so that you could just think through these things and go, where is my line? Like what, what types of things would I add that would, that would augment my experience? So 
on site, I think there's a ton of different things that can be done. Um, but let's get into software as well for you guys. Cause for you guys out there, everyone's selling, selling software, peddling software that can mean a lot of different things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to cover a few different layers, right. That you can use. Obviously I hope you're using some sort of account management software. That's fine. They're all fine. Uh, probably maybe some of them suck more than others, but <clears throat> the thing is this um, when it comes to software, like that you're on the back end of your business, everything sucks for a different reason. So just know that I need you to understand this. Anyone who's telling you that software a is better than software B is probably selling software a or hated software B and hasn't figured out quite yet the reasons that they're going to hate software a. And that's fine. This is these, these solutions pop up. They get they change names. It's 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 whatever. None of them are great. All of them are okay. I don't know of any that are terrible, but I have heard of a few that I won't name any names. But they've like had like big problems in the last month or two. But just know those things. It's a necessary evil, most likely, because you need to be able to build people on hand. You need to have all this information in one place. If you're going to build it from scratch, it's going to suck. Um, the nice thing about these types of account management software things, though, is they can integrate with some other layers of your business that I like. Yeah. Each one of them is a decision that you need to make, right? So for those of you out there, do you have your members, if you do group fitness, do your clients have to register for every class they attend? Some gyms do that. Some gyms don't. We have gyms in the Gear Academy that don't. I'm right. kind of fine with it until they choose to manage it or get to the scale. where. But that data is nice to have. Mm-hmm. That data is really nice to see. Also, to just know when a person hasn't been in in a while. Um, if you're a 24-hour spot, do you, are you able to see who hasn't come through your doors in a month? Who hasn't scanned their card? Or do you know that? And again, you don't need to get some crazy expensive facial recognition software to know who's wandering around in your gym. Um, is your, Do you check your key card integrations every once in a while? Go, okay, this person's been in, this person's in. Do you do you have a program where you can check exclusions? Who hasn't been in? And, and so those things are very, um, again, it's a decision you need to make. But if you're going to make any decisions regarding attendance, class scheduling, or mm-hmm. simply uh, a retention strategy or outreach for members that are maybe heading wayward, uh, I think you need, it is important that you make those decisions based on data. And I think thinking about this is also really important. Just everything that we're talking about is that if it's been a while since you've thought about it, think about it mm-hmm. again, because you may have looked at a tracking software like this or being able to know when people are coming or going where back when you thought about it, if it's 2017 it's 2020 whatever it is you start to look at it, it's like now nah, this is not this is not feasible but maybe the minimum wage changes have changed in your state like whatever mm-hmm. the minimum wage is now is seven dollars an hour higher than it once was where the software before didn't make sense but now i have to pay somebody to go through every handwritten signed in sheet from a big sign-in sheet and they have to manually enter that data. And we know how much time that takes. Like there's, there's going to be things where if you're not actively kind of just keeping your finger on the pulse, you're going back to some of those things that you've thought about or looked at before things change. Yeah. The software does get better. Technology does improve. And the other variables that once were, you couldn't get around, they do change. We have a lot yeah. of folks that complain about not being able to hire people. Well, it's like it's, well, am I going to hire somebody to do some of those administrative things or can software just now do it mm-hmm. just because it's already built in? 
Other software options involve like the fulfillment of your services as well. So there, there are other layers to this that I think are very interesting. Um, so like Snap Fitness, they're corporate. They have an app. And obviously, like you, we've had some gyms that have an app as well. They're self-branded. But like some of these larger franchises, they'll have an app that has everything from nutrition plans. I mean, it's pretty robust. Workouts and target and whatever, like they can track your stuff. But you can also do kind of DIY it versus for apps like uh, – What's John? There's Trainerize. There's Traineroic. I think there's a few others that where you can actually deliver your services for challenges or nutrition coaching or even remote coaching. Um, you can deliver them via via those platforms. And by the way, that yep. starts to make your business look and feel professional. That's a moment to over deliver where somebody says, "Oh, I hired this personal trainer, and I download this app, and then he messages me on this app, and I get my." Workout my my at home workouts that get sent to me through here, and it becomes a almost like another room in the gym um, where someone can come in and they can go through and experience your gym while they're at work, while they're at home, while they're at, at their on their own time when they choose to do it. But it's a lot more. I prefer those over opening an email. That makes sense. If I'm getting an email with what sure. my workout is for this week, I'm gonna be like, "Fuck you, dude." You know what I mean? I just, I just don't like it that way. It's just, it is what it is. I still use. I just send, I send my people a document, you know, for my programs, my challenges and stuff that goes out. Just because to scale, it's not really worth it for me to set it up. You know, to run a couple dozen guys through at a time, it's just not really that worth it for me. But there's a line for you, um, and I do think that is scalability is the big one when it comes to like. Um, service delivery, programming, coaching, or nutrition plans. Um, how fast you want to scale? What scale are you at right now? Will determine whether or not it's worth adding that feature. Or simply, you got the time to do it, and you know it's cool, and you want to do it. Go for it. I have. I mean, I'll never tell anybody not to if they're like, "No, nah, man, I really think it would be cool, and I want to manage it. I want to figure it out. I want that to be a layer of my business because it sets us apart from the rest." And definitely do it. I'm cool with it. So I think those are. I think those types of services are very, they're really, really valuable. You get to over deliver, but understand what you're competing with then. Know that, know that you're going to put a lot of work getting into that thing where you're going to deliver this to a person via an app, whether it's at home workouts, nutrition coaching, or remote coaching this is, as well. Um, you're now competing with deep, 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 deep pocket tech companies now. You have Peloton, their parent company. You have, um, I mean, even like, so you have like the AI driven stuff for programming, like Juggernaut's program where it's, it's kind of learning. It's very customized. Like, how am I going to sell a cookie cutter 12 week program based on percentages where I just tell you what to do each week? How is that going to compete with Juggernaut's AI program? You can't. You've used the app. I've used the app. It's great. It works good. Um, like all programs, the one you do and the one that can have a little bit of feedback from you in it is matters is what matters. What is it? 20 bucks a month. That's the issue. I won't write. I won't, I won't, I won't give you a program that I wrote 10 years ago. I won't send you that email for $20. No, I won't. It's just not worth my time. So there's no fucking way I'm going to be writing a program from you, getting an email back from you with feedback about how your last week went and then building your next week for you. No fucking way. I won't do that for 200 bucks. Well, and I reached out to a buddy of mine that owns a spot back in Gainesville. And I said, how much would it cost to do a program for 12 weeks for an athlete that's in season? And he goes, well, he goes, ah, he's like, it's, it's $300. 
Yeah. Like he's like, that's my base fee it would be $300. Cause I'm going to take into account just that, that, and the other, and it's going to be a really good program. And, and it's going to be customized for the individual, right? but he it's going, going to be, I would use the term very semi customized still, right? There's a, there's a framework that probably involves 80 to 90% is the same for a lot of people. Correct. And so it's very semi customized at a very premium price still. So or be- I could have juggernaut AI for three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. That is, that starts to become the game for anyone that's still holding out where it's like, well, I'm going to sell templates or I'm going to sell programming or I'll have a fitness program that somebody can subscribe to for 15 bucks a month or 40 bucks a month. It's like, Oh dude, like this is, yeah. this game has changed radically in the last decade. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's all for the best. Cause I, I think it became hard. It was hard to stand out amongst those people anyways. Every damn coach, every person who was a power lifter at all, now I did remote coaching. Once you got above seven, 8,000 followers on Instagram, you're selling remote programming. And it's just, it's all cookie cutter bullshit. And so just, I'm happy that it kind of wiped that whole part of the industry out, which is nice in my opinion. There's a lot of different services that do it. I think they do it well because they put more thought, more data, and more money into it. And that does not mean it's inherently better than a coach with you in person. Part of the line that we talk about where you need to draw that line is when when it's for scalability, if I'm just sending an automated food plan and check-in requests and some automated feedback that just pops out and I don't have to run shit for, say, nutrition coaching for somebody, that's great. It's wonderful. But a lot of people may benefit more. Some people may benefit more. And may choose to spend more to actually have a human who's having a conversation with them about this stuff. And, you know, to do things like, you know, we have a coach we work with here, like, you know, she'll, someone's having a hard time buying in on the stuff that they're talking about. Or just, you know, it's tough. Losing weight's tough. There's a lot of mental illness in, in the way a lot of times. And mm-hmm. she has, she'll have bring in to meet with her client, one of her successful clients lost 70 80 pounds in the last couple of years to sit down and talk with them like show her pictures and say i thought this too but trust me you got to listen to her like this it really works it's easier than you think it's worth that is a very different service than boop boop hey here's what how was your breakfast today <laughs> right that's it's just a very different thing and, and it is it highlights where you and i stay in our lane it's there are people that i will happily recommend to you if you want to be a 100% virtual personal trainer. Totally. There's a lot of dudes that we follow that I think have fucking spectacular systems and coaching and teaching that they're the go-to people. If you want to be 100% virtual, it is not the same game that we are focused on and playing. We are talking about brick and mortar spots, boutique spots where you are able to touch someone's face. If you yeah. can touch their face, the game does need to be played a little bit different. Now, lots of conversation, you talk about hybrid and where you have virtual offerings that then mix with in-person offerings. And I'm totally okay with that, but it does have to be played differently. You are, you have the opportunity to play it so much differently. If you are now more invested in the idea of kind of bloom or grow where you're planted your mindset of how you interact with those people that are in your own communities, how you become a part of that community and how it becomes part of your ecosystem and then improves the overall ecosystem community of where you live. That's where we stay. That's that line that we have drawn. 
And part of establishing that line is it's not always for you to establish as the gym owner. You're going to establish where your business and services fit, but you can still exist and have services that are along that spectrum and allow people to choose. Because like we've said this before, in every other aspect of fitness, people have different wants right now, the different needs. And by the way, their wants are maybe different than their needs and their budget is probably very different from their wants and their needs. So you got to let people rectify these things on their own. Okay, meaning you need to offer a diverse amount of services that are on one side of the line that you've established that you're not going to fuck with in your business, right? You're going to be along the side where you're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's the most easy, again, when you talk about giving people options to choose their path forward, which is just like a centerpiece of what we talk about here um, in creating like an ecosystem of success for your clients, which means your business is actually successful. Someone may come in and go, man, I'm just, I'm a little worried about getting into the gym, but I heard you guys are good stuff. I've seen your thing about, I can get some coaching and nutrition help. You have a weight loss thing going like, can I, can I get on board with this with the, with the at-home workouts and nutrition coaching thing? If you want to do that via an app or just via a purely remote service while still selling it out of your brick and mortar, fuck yeah, totally cool with it. Cause those are people that maybe aren't comfortable in a gym yet, or maybe can't afford personal training just can't. What are they supposed to do? They're going to just try hard again without any information. They're just going to go to Google. Like it is valuable. And I think it's okay for a, a gym that still specializes in the human experience to do what you can to make this very inhuman experience as human and, and as valuable as possible to somebody who that's all they can afford. If that exists within the scope of your business. And do you know who I like that is, um, who really continues even in a like COVID post COVID world that continues to enhance, utilize technology and continue to double down on that human experience and in-person experience are spas. Mm -hmm. So if you take a look at like spas or you take a look at places that are going to be like massage therapy, and this kind of takes us into that next topic, but like it's this idea of, the biohacking type industry, they yeah. continue to double down on how do you feel when you walk through the door, when you walk through a, a spa that is sketchy where there's happy endings. And then there's a spa or a therapy spot that you walk into. That's going to be like, nothing's less than $300 on the menu. Yeah. Like it's, and you know, it right when you what are we Come talking on. about here? If we're being serious, there should be an offer. You know that, that opens up an interesting aspect too, is because we did cover, obviously we're talking about technology in your gym, but some of these other things that as technology and science advances, there become new concepts that become available to be experienced, right? And we're always talking, you're crafting an experience for people in your gym, whatever that may be. So if they come in and there's dirt in the walls and things are scuffed up and there's bars getting slammed and Pantera on the radio and shirtless dudes yelling at each other, high-fiving, playing grab ass, like that's your spot, I'm with it. But that is a very different experience than walking into an Equinox. Right. It's a very different experience than walking into a very high-end bodybuilding studio, right? It's very different than walking into a just general public 24-hour joint that's maybe a mid, mid or low tier on the price spectrum. So, but as these new concepts come to be from the biohacking community, whether it's, <clears throat> whether it's nutrition, whether it's, um, you know, freaking red light therapy, whether it's saunas, whether it's cryotherapy, whether it is uh, cold plunges, whatever this thing, if people who are interested in 
maintaining, hacking, manipulating, tinkering with their health, their bodies, uh, whatever it is, using using their body as a medium for changing the way they feel and experiencing the world, I think it's very important um, that you we at least be tuned into it and go, right, I'm going to try this. Try it out yourself. If you kind of like it, your coaches kind of like it, fucking throw a cold plunge out there. Do it once a week. Do it on mm-hmm. after your Saturday morning classes all if, if you want to. see just Just see it. And by the way, a lot of these things that we're talking about, John, some of them are things that can add to your service offerings as in you can charge more or fits a product that you're selling or can build out a product that you're a service or product that you're offering mm-hmm. and kind of create another layer of your offer stack or, or just a, another avenue for which someone can enter into your business, right? Yeah. Some of these things that we're talking about here, say sauna, cryo, cold plunge, whatever, any of this other shit it fits a concept we don't i don't necessarily like which is just adding features and slapping them in and including it into your general's overall services but yeah. this text there's some layers here that just needs to exist as a baseline it's fine if you're going to get a sauna you're going to be hard pressed selling per use in your gym so sure. you're probably going to have a hard time so just it just is what it is it's just like showers well, it's in- like shower- I, I view a lot of this stuff the te- technological things the integrations that we're going to use in your as infrastructure for your gym it is plumbing it is electrical it is how you log in it is you know where you take a shower it's where you take a shit it's do we have the heat yes we have a sauna cold plunges in back like these are these are features now um but they do kind of make the overall experience different but but that i think that experience matters though right like it i think it's you could say when was the last time you did raise prices for your gym yeah like it's great. Install a sauna on average. Someone's going to use it once a month or depending on how many people you have, or they may use it every fucking day, but it's like, it's all right. It's $5 more now a month for everybody or $10. It is what it, is. More. Like yeah. it's, it is what it is. Like you can, you can always, I, I do, I do like the, and I, so I agree with exactly what you're saying, which is like, there are, when was the last time you added like any enhancements or bells and whistles, quote unquote, to your spot. If it's been a hot minute, all right, you, you you're kind of, you, you are behind, so you have yeah. some things to add and throw out there. But I am – I always love the idea of and, – and I actually heard this in um, an autobiography that I was reading recently about Elon Musk. And he was talking about – he goes, um, I want to colonize Mars. And the one VC funder goes, how are you ever going to make any money from that? And the author then breaks into the, now his standpoint. He goes, that's not how Elon Musk works. It's he does what he wants and then he figures out on the back end of things how he'll make money off of it. Exactly. And I think that there's an element of that that is really important, just like you said, which is this is Musk's kingdom is the world, is the universe. He's established that that's his kingdom. Your gym's your fucking kingdom. So there is an element to where it's get the sauna, get those things that you want to get. And then look at the back end. But I think it is important where you always kind of start to look at it, how can I monetize this piece or how can I have it be more front and center, like you said, to provide a more premium view of what we provide. And if you are a gym in, the, in your area and no one has some of these things, then my God, fucking put one in. Immediately yeah. you become now a differentiator of anything else that's in your spot. Having a different piece of just fitness equipment in your gym is not going to move the needle in your community or provide a great um, over delivery of, of, upon expectations when someone comes in. They're not going to go, oh, 
Oh, they got a third squat rack this year. Ooh, right. I better go there over the other place. Right. But they come in right. and go, you know what? They got a sauna. Mm-hmm. Fucking rules, you know? And like, they, there's, there's a posing room, <laughs> you know? Uh, those those things rock. By the way, a posing room, in my opinion, if you got a closet that's a just a little bigger than a normal closet, put some mirrors in, get some flawless lighting, mount a couple spots where people can put their phones in there. And what you're not going to have is people being super douchey on your, on your gym floor out there in public, scaring away the normies, popping their shirts off or hiking their shorts up and flexing. They got a spot that is perfect for them to do it and they can photograph it's it's it rules of gyms i've been to that have posing rooms whether it's a full studio or simply a small posing room hands down in in my opinion that's like one of my favorite features of all gyms that i've been in is there a posing room posing room and lighting man in my opinion is 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 the thing like if i can look jacked standing in front of the dumbbell rack God, you're winning, man. Because every person, if you can make their lighting, make them look better than they'd really do, or simply just make it flattering. This isn't right. like misleading people, right? Like, but it is like make it flattering so that yeah. people come in and they like the way they look when they're in your fucking place because they're there to work on the way they look. So if if that's the place where they look their best, they're going to fucking be there a lot. And I really, I can't, that, that little feature fucking rules, man. It really rules. I, and I see a lot of gyms miss it. It's like these CrossFit gyms that we've, tr- we've been into all over the world. We're like, they got in this thing where they insist they don't need mirrors. No <laughs> mirrors. mirrors. It's like, okay, well, have you ever like paid attention when you're lifting? Like, I get it. I don't want to stare myself in the face when I'm squatting or truly or deadlifting, to be honest with you. I'll, 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 I'll I'll conduct my reviews of my form on my compound lifts via video footage. Right? Sure. But every accessory I do, I prefer there to be a mirror in front of me. Technique for the angles, for all of it. It's not just for ego. It really is about the quality of the things that you're doing. And like, mm-hmm. I, I just think that so many of these gyms fuck up by being too cool for that shit, man. Like, yeah. Anyway, that's just me ranting. No, but I think so, it's, it's, it's good, but it calls out the fact that technology this kind of takes you back to school when i taught ancient world history right or ancient history where i had to take you all the way back to the hominid lucy which was the small ape-like creature that eventually is our all of our great-great-grandmothers and get fucked if you want to argue about that but the idea is that when i had to teach that technology was one of the reasons why one hominid group beat the next and by technology i mean a stick yeah, using it. They now have a stick, and they're using. By the way, they all had sticks. Technology. Right? One group decided to use it, right? That's and, what and poke a bitch in the eye, and now <laughs> you have weapons, and now they're technologically superior. Yeah. My point is, a mirror is technology here. So this is one of those things where, like, we really want to get, like, we break it down. Is there are little things that you can do that are enhancements. They don't have to be a $10,000 fucking cryo chamber that you're going to go into debt. Now you got to have time staff for that. You're not going to make any fucking money on. Yeah. Because you do a little bit of soft gym math and get yourself in trouble. where you are like, well, it's $10,000. It's a hundred dollars a session. I only need to have a million people use this and I'll be okay. Yeah. And how will I get the million people? I don't know. I won't think about that. Worry about that next. Don't worry about that. (laughs) But there are those again. So it's just you can do these simple enhancements, and it does start to make a huge difference because this isn't a get rich quick scheme. 
This is not an idea where you buy a thing overnight and then that's it. It's like it's we slowly add. If you've ever owned a home that is kind of a fixer upper, you're not coming in and dropping six figures all at once to fucking fix it. It's kind of it's just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. By the time you own that home for a decade, you're like, all right, like this house now is exactly the way I want it because I really systematically went up out about the process. And I think your gyms are going to be the exact same way and hold that yeah. potential. And I want to touch on the at-home stuff. We kind of glossed over the Peloton thing and there's plenty of oh, other yeah. services now that do, I don't even remember what they all are. There's a bunch of them now just do the Peloton thing. What was the other one? There's Peloton. There was a, there's a mirror one that I've seen a lot of. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, use, yeah, yeah. Versus like your, your trainers yeah. in the mirror. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to draw a blank on it. Is that tonal? I think was the name of that one. Tonal. Anyway, um, but there's a bunch of these at-home ones, and they're great because they integrate the equipment with technology, with connectivity, with content, right? So it's not just um, a, a go-between between you and some programming that you're told to do. It's high-end content production. You have people recording these like Peloton. They, they can participate live, or they can go back and do these workouts with people. You have different hosts with different personalities. Like, there's a diverse amount of things. It's weird to hear a guy like me raving about Peloton and what they do. Um, from a business standpoint, obviously things are going to contract after the the world opened up again. I get it, but it fucking worked, man. They made a lot of money. They sold sold a lot of units, and I don't think that type of fitness is going to go away. I think it's going to grow even further. And one of the markets that I'd heard uh, discussed about this was elderly people, not just Peloton mm -hmm. and how it exists, but Peloton's integration into something like the metaverse. Imagine Peloton with your sweaty VR goggles. Now, all of a sudden, that's way more fun than just sitting with some, yeah, whatever attractive or other reasons for motivating you person that you're staring in front of you telling you to go you can also get on the peloton and do vr rides sure up the mountain down the mountain you know that are a little bit more exciting while maybe also having that person the ability to go in between the conversation um, maybe it's not a live discussion maybe these are replays there's lots of different things you can do that's just um in kind of the vr space but as well as the vr space um or in addition to the vr space is for like elderly people as well at home workouts, I don't think there's many people that are. So my grandfather is in his 90s now, and he goes uh, three times a week. He has to get in his car and drive. It's, it's problem number one, right? right? I was over there the other day. He stood up from the couch to give me a hug, and ooh, he about went down, man. And I'm like, bro, I've been here. Pressure for, drops, like, buddy. I've been here. Well, I don't know if it's balance or whatever, but it's just whatever it yeah. was. He wasn't. I mean, he stayed on his feet, but it was a thing that he had to do to make sure it, it, like, that he right. stayed on his feet. That man is getting in his car and is driving a couple miles down the road to go and then to get into another building to go to a, um, like a performance center that's done at the hospital where they go in and he rides a stationary bike. That's mm -hmm. pretty, that, that's it. But it gets him out of the house to do it, um, yeah. it, which I'm kind of okay with. But there's way too many risks, in my opinion, getting him from A to B and back from B to A to warrant the exercise that's being done there. Now, obviously, if that exercise bike was just in his living room, it's probably going to collect dust. And sometimes you want to leave your house when you're 95. I get it. I get it. Sure. Um, but the need is there. And I can't, I, I don't understand why this, the, the Peloton craze necessarily has not 
taken off or really been marketed directly towards the elderly people, maybe a more comfortable mm-hmm. bike, you know, the sit back style. But, but I think that that line using either VR or simply the same at home, the, the content integration structure that Peloton uses is such a great angle for aging people. Cause by the way, everyone, John, your parents are a little older than mine, I think. Um, but like my parents, know that they have to be active and exercise like they know now their parents that kind of came on a little late in life but like there's you can't sleep on this anymore like nobody's getting into their 70s at this point and going yeah this is fine i'm just gonna let this skid to the end like you know if you're trying to be healthy and trying to have a high quality of life that exercise is a part of it and are people that late in life going to make their way to a gym are they going to hire a personal trainer maybe but can your gym offer services like that that maybe work or like we've talked about that hybrid model that will work to kind of fill in some of that need? Do you go to people's houses to do these workouts? Do you go to people's houses to do – there's a lot of the – see the problems that the technological companies are coming in to solve yeah. and know they're getting into that because they think there's huge money in it. Well, know that there's a human solution to that that your business can offer as well. And this is how I target opportunities. You say, what is everyone getting into? Great. Well, they're going to tech the fuck out of this thing. And I can show up at your house and be like a nice, friendly person. And it works. It's going to cost more money. It ain't going to be for the people looking to spend 20 bucks a month. It ain't for it. But the ones that want it, now you've you've really come up with something that's going to help those people. Because a real real, uh, truth to this is that if you have folks that are in their senior years, the first time that they may ever work out with a trainer is after the fall is after a knee surgery. And now they're having to do physical therapy. So this is the very first time. And man, how much of this could have been just generally avoided if my grandfather started working before that happened. Hasn't entered a gym probably in 60 years until a couple years ago when there was starting to be some balance problems and some heart stuff where, all right, he goes there and sits on the bike. Okay, but like, but just know that that's a person that missed 60 years and is now spending more time than ever on it. Yeah. It's going to continue that way. So you said something that you and I have not ever, we have not talked about this in years, but years ago, you and I worked with a gym owner who very specifically specialized in equipment and they sold equipment a variety of different styles of equipment that was just like an add-on to their already existing like gym. It was just another um, tier of the business that they wanted to be able to try and have take off and be successful. And one of my favorite projects mirrored what we were seeing out of Peloton. This is probably about the same time that Peloton's fucking exploding, right? Like in mid explosion, they're just like, they're about to reach escape velocity, right? Um, COVID's not a thing yet, or maybe COVID just in real time. It had just started. It was happening. Yep. There you go. And what I really like, so what made me think of it just now was when you mentioned the idea of like, are you going to people's gyms or are you going to people's homes? And if we start thinking about like these special populations or just that, that next level of tiered service that you could provide, but how dope would it be if the idea of like, if you have someone that's, is a senior patient, a patient, senior client, and you want to be able to have, it's like, well, then let's get you whatever the piece of equipment that you're going to come, the little like hand rower thing. It's like, let's just get you that at your house. And that's now part of your subscription. That's now part of your membership. 
And that's where like, cause that's what we ended up doing where it was people made the investment in the equipment. Cause that's, guess what? You have to buy the Peloton bike and then it's 17 or $29 a month for that monthly subscription for you to then have access to all the shit the Peloton bike comes with. It would be super yeah. dope. Be like, oh, well, I think it's a great, hey, it was a great service now. offering yeah. for people who oftentimes when someone says, I can't, I don't want to join. I can only get in, especially if you're doing classes. Just right. doesn't really work for me. I only get in maybe once a week with my schedule. Like, what? What is that person going to do? Well, instead of not selling them anything, now you probably get to make more money off of them, and an easier to fulfill service than it is to just, okay, we'll see you once a week. We're going to deliver you remote programming, and I'm going to make a bunch of money off equipment, which is a one and done, decently high mm-hmm. margin aspect of the business. Like that works well, um, and it's a valuable service. By the way, how else are you going to serve people if you're a gym that only does group fitness? someone that doesn't like working out with a bunch of motherfuckers or at the very least is a little apprehensive about getting started with it just yet. Let them get some confidence in how they move. Let them dip their toes in the water while you're getting paid more to deliver an easier to deliver service. How many of you gym owners did something similar when COVID happened? You just rented out your equipment. You rented it to people. I know several gym owners that were like, well, we can't, we're not going to be open. We've, we're going to choose to not be open and we'll be closed. So we're just going to rent it to our existing members so that they can have the dumbbells and have the equipment at home. That was ultimately the gym's equipment. So there's like, there are elements or levels to these things that I think just like try to be like suppressed as really terrible memories that we never want to talk about or think about again. But I think there's some principles that can continue to be utilized yeah. and just stay open yeah. And then also use this as the next possible thing to be able to kind of solve problems for communities that maybe you're not supporting or solving those problems for them right now. Yeah. So if you guys out there to recap, see what's out there for you. Really yeah. the thought exercise John and I, John and I always do, which is our ideal gym. What's it have? What specifically does it not have? First off, like, mm-hmm. what are we, what are we not? Then from there is like, what features would I think is awesome? John, I'm going to have a wall of goddamn TV. As I said four before, it's going to be nine. It's three by three, right? Yeah. That's, that is what, that is what I want. And I want to play like awesome shit all the time. Like we're going to run the Ronnie Coleman VHS is running on repeat up there. Like there's going to be a lot of cool stuff going on. I'm going to have awesome lighting. I'm going to have, um, I want uh, keyless check-ins that your phone can poop, poop, get you in. I'm sorry if you're a real analog person, like this just ain't your place, man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I want, I want us to be able to correspond via app. This was a single integration for our, my nutrition coaching remote pro- programming, any of my outreaches, because that acts as a secondary form of outreach for me in my gym. That is like, it's like a secondary way of reaching someone via email, right? Mm-hmm. Boom, I blast Not- like short-term notifications and offers out through the app. So redundantly do it through email and text, but that I think is important to me. I'm definitely having a sauna. I'm definitely having a steam room. We're definitely having showers. Cold plunge. Cold plunge is going to happen. So like, so there's, there's, yeah, so there's, but there's, Things that you want to have, there's things you can't have now, right, first off. But I want you to figure out what's out there. What would be cool? What do you want? What your people would like? Draw the line for what fits with your brand and what doesn't, right? And then start to figure out if you're going to do a little triage. Be like, what can I do right now? And it's not always about money. Some of this stuff's not expensive necessarily. It's just a decision whether or not you're going to integrate it. Some of them will pay for themselves. Some of them you'll eat just a plate of shit financially on, and you're going to have it just because it's cool. Right. And I'm totally fine with that. Right. I'm totally yeah. fine with it. But 
draw that line, figure out where it is, look at the things that are kind of within your scope and go, oh, what, what do I want to do? Maybe ask your members as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very important. But again, it's your gym, but it's theirs too. So, um, but the biggest takeaway from this is use these things to serve people well and to over deliver upon the expectations of their first impression. That's the big one. You want to make your sales easy. Gym owners, you have a hard time selling or closing big ticket sales. Let your facility speak for itself and it's a lot easier. Let your, the few of those little bells and whistles, <coughs> so, so much easier. Um, yeah, there's, you get in a car, you ever get in like a really nice car and there's just like two features that you're just like, fuck, this rules. This really rules. My car has a, a push little button and you know how like in a limousine the in old limousines like between the front the driver and the back that you'd hit the button automatically the divider would go up right yeah my car has that basically but it's like a pretty deep heavy shade just along the complete rear windshield it just so if yeah. the sun's beating in from behind or there's someone behind me i don't want looking at me i just push the button and goes up dude that fucking rules. That rules. Yeah. The way my center console opens up, I knew right away the car was for me. I was like, what a novel solution to a terrible thing normally, the way the little center console normally opens. It's a perfect yeah. solution. It's hard for me to describe here without sounding like I have the tism. But <laughs> I'm just telling you, you see that thing and you go, okay. But that's it. Those two features and the fact that it looked cool was all I needed. And I would have spent yeah. damn near any amount of money on this car. And how you feel is so much more important. Yeah. And we, and we cannot stress that enough all the way back to even our fundamental like client success ratio is yeah. how do people feel in your gym? How do they feel they're banking towards progress? How do they feel in every aspect when they go into the bathrooms? How do they feel when I'm taking a piss at the urinal? Do I feel awesome? Cause I'm watching Rambo cut a dude's head off with a Bowie knife. Do I feel yeah. that? Well then yes. Yeah, this is awesome. I feel great. So it's like, those are all those elements to where, how do they feel? How do you feel? Because it is, it's so much more important than anything else. That's it, guys. That's what we got. Uh, make sure you follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast. Follow John at jbanksfl on Instagram. And you can follow me at Tyler F. And Stone on Instagram. Go to gymownersrevolution.com. Uh, if you want in on the Gear Academy, that's our business coaching product. We're going to take you from A to Z with big piles of money at the end or whatever other promises most people are making. But the reality is what we want to do is we want to help you help your people make a bunch of money in the process, tidy up your business without selling your soul or having to sell your fucking business at the end like the other guys. That's the name of the game. Uh, we want it to be your business for your people while making you and your family money so get in the gear academy uh shoot us a message if you have any questions about that get in the facebook group links in the description me and my sniffling coughing cold having ass are gonna go out and call it a day i think so (laughs) thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next week